0: John chapter 6, beginning at verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Now uh, this sermon series, which has one more week, uh, uh, originates around four questions That uh, have been asked of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Two weeks ago, they asked of him, What sign will you show us so that we might believe in you? Last week, I preached on the question uh, Is not this the son of Joseph um, whom we know? How can he say, I have come down from heaven? And this week, Uh, preaching on the question that they ask him as he begins to talk about um, his body and the uh, bread of heaven. They say, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? That is a question that is rather hard to interpret. And I've thought about um, inventing an emoji Bible do you know what I'm talking about? Where you have the little smiley faces and so on. Sometimes when you send emails to people, um, you 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 put a sentence in there, but that you're not sure how they're going to take it, right? And so you put a little smiley face so that they'll understand that it is a joke. You put one of those emojis in there. So I thought, you know, I really wish there was an emoji in this verse. Maybe I need to an invent an emoji Bible, guess what? I'm five years too late. I looked it up. There's already an emoji Bible, and so I downloaded it on my phone so I could look at John and see what emoji they put by this question. Um, How can he uh, say that he gives us his flesh to eat? Guess what? No emoji there. They didn't put anything there. So maybe I will invent my own Bible, the New Revised Standard Emoji Bible. (laughs) I think there could only be two possible emojis that go by that question. One would be the the smiley face with the lips turned down. That would let me know, if I were reading the Bible, that this is a um, willful, stubborn question. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you want to misunderstand on purpose. Mostly children do that, but sometimes we get immature and we do it as well. We know what the person is saying. We get it, but we don't want to act like we get it. So we ask questions that really we're not even asking them. We're just kind of, it's pushing back. So I think it's possible that you could put that kind of a spin on this question, but I think that there is another possible interpretation of their question, and I'm going to take this way. You know, I've kind of taken the side of the crowd every week on this. I would like to think that maybe this is a genuine question, and in that case, I found another emoji for it. You know, if, if you look on those emojis, there are, I'll bet there are 50 different, smile, 50 different kind of face, facial expressions. Have you looked at all of them? One of them, uh, I found the one I wanted. It showed the eyebrows kind of arched a little bit. Most emojis don't have eyebrows, but this one had eyebrows arched. Um, the, the line for the face went straight across, and the, and the emoji had his hand up on his chin like this. So that emoji is trying to think it through. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? It could be a, a challenging, uh, obstinate question, but notice that Mark's, uh, that John says this took place in the synagogue. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, and the synagogue would be a place where you can ask legitimate questions. I was upstairs in the roster two class earlier this morning. You, you know, you're doing Bible study and you're asking questions. So I, I think in some ways their, their question is legitimate. After all, Jesus' words are pretty curious here. You've got to eat my flesh You've got to drink my blood? Don't, don't, d- didn't it make you a little squeamish to hear me reading those verses? Um, it, it, I think if I were sitting there, I might have asked this same question. Explain it. Explain it. To, to want an explanation is a very um, modern kind of a, of a phenomenon. I think ever since the Enlightenment, we have been asking people to explain it. And, you know, if you're a left brain person and you want the logic of it, or if you are involved in uh, the scientific side of things and you want uh, the empirical answer, it is, uh, it is uh, legitimate for us to, uh, to ask for uh, evidence, the three um, pastors um, have been sitting recently um, in an attorney's office uh, regularly. No, we are not suing each other. We have been sitting in uh, Gregory Bushway's office. Gregory is our staff parish relations committee uh, chair. And you think our job is mainly to preach, but our job is to find you your next preacher. And. Uh, We've been meeting with Gregory, first of all, and eventually uh, we've also been meeting with the whole staff parish committee. But as I have sat in Gregory's office lately, I've sat on the side of this conference room table where I can admire Gregory's law library. And up on uh, one of his bookshelves is an 18-volume set, uh, 15 volumes and three volumes of index. Uh, called Evidence of Proof. I guess if I were a lawyer, I'd need all the evidence of proof I could get. Fifteen volumes, green bound volumes, gold letters, very impressive looking books. The, The challenge, I think, is for some of us Christians is that we have bought into this whole explanation thing and we have bought into this whole thing that I need an explanation for everything. There is one Christian author, you may have one or two of his books on your bookshelf. It was it, The title of his bestseller was Evidence That Demands a Verdict, and his whole point was he's going to prove everything in the Bible. He's going to prove the resurrection and, and everything, and and people bought the book by, you know, and and if you bought it and it's meant something to you, more power to you. Uh, it, it it was so successful that he's had three or four sequels all with the word evidence. And so it is, it it is sometimes easy for us to fall into the trap of wanting evidence. Um, how how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Explain that to me. We preachers, uh, if we are not careful, fall into the trap of, uh, of explaining things. And you are just tricky enough to ask us to explain things and to watch us try to explain what you know can't be explained. And we're dumb enough to do it sometimes. Uh, I, I love the story they told about Martin Luther. I, I, I hope it's true. I don't know whether it is. But somebody once asked him, what was God doing before um, he created the world? That's a, real preacher que- that's a real question, the kind of you like to ask a preacher. Luther, who was smarter than me, I probably would have tried to have some kind of an answer. Luther said, I'll tell you what he was doing. He was out in the woods cutting out sticks to whip people like you who ask questions like that. <laughs> We, uh, you know, we want to fall into this trap where we have to explain everything. How how could this man give us his flesh to eat? Some people want um, want uh, to explain it all through uh, biblical archaeology. Now, I love poking around in ruins as much as anybody. Always looking for arrowheads. You know, you take me to a, a historical site, and and Bonnie will eventually have to just kind of drag me, drag me off. It's it's fun to look around in these things. Uh, so I'm all in, and I like reading articles about biblical archaeology. You know, there's always an article about well, we discovered the grave of John the Baptist, or you know, we we found. Uh, uh, the the piece of, of gopher wood that we know came from Noah's Ark, you know. And I read every one of those articles. Uh, you know, half of them are spurious, but they're still fun to read. But archaeology is dead end, uh, as much as I enjoy it. And I, you know, the uh, Capernaum where this story takes place today. Some of you've been to Capernaum. I haven't. But if you go to Capernaum, uh, the tour guide will show you the foundation of the synagogue where Jesus taught. What you heard, the words you heard me read today, uh, they're, they're the, there are these impressive stones, all that's left is a stone foundation. Well, that's wonderful. But those stones cannot interpret to you the answer to how he could say, uh, you got to eat my flesh. Archaeology is interesting, but it doesn't explain the mysteries of the Bible. I even would go so far as to say that doctrine itself, doctrine itself can be a dead end. And, and I have to be careful about how I say that. The district superintendent was at early church, and I debated about whether to leave this part out, but I decided to go ahead and take a chance with him. I love words more than anybody. I mean, I tried to read the dictionary in junior high school. That's how much I love words. And I will work uh, uh, endlessly over a word To have the right place of that word in the sentence, and if I can, to find exactly the right word for the sentence. But the finest, finest doctrine, as much as it can help us to understand uh, in logical about Jesus, is a dead end in helping us to really grasp Oh, He came down from heaven, and whoever eats of this flesh and drinks of this blood will have eternal life. You think doctrine's going to help you understand that? Your questions may be valid. All of us ask them at time, from time to time. They may be very valid. But I, I, I want to tell you, if you are, are going to ask me, um, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? I'm going to tell you, I'd rather tell you why a caterpillar is fuzzy or a porcupine prickly. There are things I just, I don't want to try to step into explaining. Jesus speaks in words, because he has to use words. He speaks in words that are deeper than quantum physics. And there is, a, there is a deep, deep mystery in what he says that is incredibly beautiful. And if you try to unpack it too much, you've just missed it. As the old country preacher once said, I don't know if this is any truer than this Martin Luther story, but, but I love it. He said, this morning I am going to unscrew the inscrutable. You know, just leave the inscrutable screwed. Don't, don't unscrew it. Don't try to open it up. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke water is water, bread is bread, a door is a door, a vine is something that climbs up a trellis. Um, But when you read the Gospel of John, you better put on a different set of glasses because a door is more than a door, water is more than water, uh, a body is more than body, blood is more than blood. Uh, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and the resurrection and all of these things that are both one thing and also another. There is inexhaustible, inexplainable truth here. And I refuse to trivialize it, although I've done it in the past. I refuse to trivialize the words of Jesus by by pulling out a little light bulb and saying this is what the light of the world means or or trying to explain to you how the hinges on a door work. I'm not going to trivialize his depth like that if I can avoid it. We walk by faith, not by sight. The truth of Jesus as as the bread of life, it is layered and never, never exhausted. Last week on my 73rd birthday, Bonnie uh, and I took a trip. She planned a trip to High Falls State Park. Now you think High Falls, why would you go to High Falls? I'll tell you why. This is, and, and, and I don't mind bragging on Bonnie. High Falls State Park is exactly from our house, a 73-mile round trip. It's my 73rd birthday. <laughs> now, that's, that's pretty cool, folks. We, we walked along High Falls. Mass, it's been a long time since I've taken the trail that goes along the Towaliga River. Massive boulders. Little bitty frogs the size of my little fingernail hopping along the trail. Eventually you come to a spot where you just sit in the shade and you just watch the water run down over those rocks and watch the sun play on the happy roar of that water. And, and as I sat there and I breathed in the rich oxygen of that spot, I didn't need anybody to explain to me what was going on. I didn't need a biology book to talk about those little frogs. I didn't need a web page to talk about the uh, uh, ecological balance or or, or 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 a manifesto about global warming. I didn't want an explanation. I wanted to just sit there and understand as much as I could in my little ununderstanding self. I wanted just drink it up how can we eat his flesh if you want to ask those questions by all means go ahead but if you ask them of me i am passing you on to tommy or marcus